This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 181. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Creative Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. I'm here with my big, bald, beautiful co-host, Christopher J. Graham. Chris, how are you doing today, my buddy? I'm good. I It just occurred to me that I probably should make it clear to everyone that every time you do the intro, I do a little dance over here. Yeah. But it's totally silent. Nobody can see it. It's his happy dance. He just does it. That's what the, it's, it's a little uh, a little bonus for the YouTube subscribers who watch this, this podcast on YouTube, which is like probably less than 10% of our listeners, but that's fine. Chris, happy new year, my dude. Hey, thank you. We're pre-recording this content too, so I'm pretending that Yay, it's 2022. COVID, I can't believe COVID's totally gone. It just disappeared on, on New Year's morning. When you hit the stream button on whatever podcast app you use is when Chris and I go live. For you personally, the one listening, you, Jonathan, that's the, that's the name I randomly picked. So any Jonathans out there get a little delight. Jonathan's mom is right about everything she said about him last Christmas. Gosh, he dude. does need to work harder. He does need to invest in his business and schedule time to work on it instead of just for it. Good segue, Chris, because in today's episode, we're actually going to talk about some tools that you can use in your business to make 2022 the best year of your life. This is like going to be like a listicle episode. We have like, I think we have six right now, but I just know that Chris and I, it's going to be end up being way more than that by the end of this, because we're actually talking about six categories of tools, some on the sales and marketing side, some on the systems and efficiency side, because that's kind of my bread and butter and Chris's bread and butter. We have these two separate areas that we kind of specialize in. And also because we're talking about systems, I get to say some brand names. Oh my God. So this is the, this is the, this is the battle. Like we're not, we're like, we're no longer just specializing in the audio world completely. Like we're branching out a six figure creative instead of the six figure home studio. And that means that Chris doesn't really talk about audio gear that much anymore until we get to these sorts of episodes where we're talking about tools, like tools that actually have value in your business. We're going to talk about these six categories here, but Chris now has, he literally, I look at my outline right now, Chris has specific brands outlined in here. And if, you, if you've been with the podcast a long time, you know how I feel about brands. I hate them. <laughs> I don't give a damn about the brand. I care about results. I care about not procrastination by gear, but let's, let's just do it. But Brian, what? a brand delivers results. That is in fact the brand promise of every company since the dawn of time. Every single brand I see that you listed here, there's a cheaper, better alternative in my mind that will get the job done. And we'll argue about it later on. Let's just save it for the conversation. We'll save okay. the conversation for later. All right. So first one I want to talk about today on our list today is it's actually kind of a, a tie between the two. It's actually not a marketing or sales, even though it's in my column here. It's a collaboration platform. And we're going to talk about Project management systems, right? This is a this is not it's not fun, it's not sexy, but this is one that I'm actually excited about because I leave for my like my retreat that I'm doing like next week, my own like getaway retreat. So uh, it's planning for the next year. I'm so confused about our timelines right now because I don't know if it's is it 2022 or you haven't been on the retreat yet or what's happening. Yeah, that's right. I've already been, I just got back from my retreat. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say, and I got to plan all this stuff out. Okay, here's the deal. Let me let me bring us back back home here. My, my system, my, my, my collaboration with my team, with my clients and all the things I have going on are spread over a bunch of different places. Just to give you a full rundown of what I'm doing. And this piggybacks off of last week's episode, by the way, of the overwhelm. I have things in Trello. I have things in teamwork. I have things in Notion. I have things in an app called Todoist. Wait, you're using all those apps to manage everything? I'm using all those apps in much different ways. Oh, and Evernote. 
all these apps are doing different things completely. And the reason is they, they specialize. They're really good at one thing. And I use that app for that one thing. So what I'm doing in 2022 is I'm doing one app to rule them all to take away. I believe this is actually ClickUp's. Yes. Okay. Thank God. I, I, I was like thinking of how am I going to talk him into doing all of these things in just ClickUp? That's the tool. That's the first tool we're on our list today. And we're going to talk about this because this is what I'm excited about. I get the affiliate link though, right? Because I told you about, about ClickUp. I might use your affiliate link. I don't know. I, <laughs> you did not tell me about it. I've known about this for like four years. They just have finally, they finally got to a place where I feel like they're worth reassessing because they just took like 600 million in funding or 400 million in funding. Anyways, let me get, let me get to the basis of this and why this is, this is relevant for our audience. As business owners, we have to spin a lot of plates or juggle balls if you listen to last week's episode and we have so many things going on. And the more place those plates live, the more places those plates live, the more you're going to drop those plates and break them and shatter them on the ground. So my goal for 2022 is to centralize this all into one app that I can, I can go in and all of my tasks, all my to-dos, all of my documents, all my processes, and all my client work all lives in that one place. So I don't have to go to 30 different apps to do this. Now, I'm using uh, teamwork right now for one of these things, and that's a, it's a competitor of ClickUp. And I'm not convinced that I won't stick with, t- with teamwork. I may, move, I may stay with teamwork and not use ClickUp and just integrate everything into teamwork, even though there's a few things they don't do right that I want them to do better. But ClickUp is an incredibly powerful app. Do you want to tell our audience about ClickUp, Chris? Yes, ClickUp. I got a shout out to my, my manager, my confidant, my babysitter, Kyle Whitaker. He literally is your babysitter. If, for those who don't know, Chris has... <laughs> issues? Baggage. <laughs> Immaturity. I'm trying to think about the, the nicest way to say this. I know I can say this straight up to you, but like when I talk to you the way that you and I talk to each other, our audience thinks that I'm the biggest douchebag on earth. Extreme narcissism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have some reliability issues sometimes is what I was going to say. And, and your manager, Kyle, helps a lot with that. So yeah, he is your babysitter. Absolutely. Well, and this is the funny thing that I've learned is that I feel weird, weird sharing this on the podcast, but this is like what's going on in my life right now. So we've talked about the PTSD thing. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to no. Can we get an episode without talking about that. My God. Yes, I know. But I got a handicapped parking tag. <laughs> I so qualified sorry, for it. That is so dumb. You've got it. I got it. Don't use it, Chris. I feel like that's an ethical thing to not use that. Well, here's the thing. Like there are just, you know, my dad has one leg. If you took a, a handicapped parking spot <laughs> away from my dad because you just had to get one for your, your crap, I would fight you if I saw you just easily walking from the, the handicapped spot to the front door. Of the- That's the weird thing is it's a part-time disability. It's not a full-time. I don't want to get into this. Oh, my God. You, you shared it. I asked you, I asked you to share ClickUp with our audience, and now we're talking about handicap tax. Okay, so he, here's, I have a reason for, for saying that. <laughs> oh, my God. I am finally coming to terms with the fact that I have a disability. There, there are ways that my stuff affects me in my everyday life. And uh, sometimes that creates a significant inconvenience. What I've learned from that is that I have been coping with my disability with systems since my business started to grow. That the systems were what allowed me to pretend to be a real adult. To keep my word, as it were, as far as like, yeah, I'll call you at XYZ time. Or yeah, I'll do this project by this date. I'll never do any of it on my own. I know this. I, I, you dropped the ball significantly a couple of times in our life. <laughs> and I'd like to hope those are before click up. So have you, Brian. So have you. Yeah. 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 Well, I have an excuse. I haven't implemented click up in my life yet. So there, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So 
when Kyle uh, and I started working on what are the systems that we're going to build that we're going to use that's going to keep me acting like an adult, we you know we started with Asana. We've used Monday.com, and these are all these are all project management tools that are direct competitors of ClickUp, which is the one that you use. It's the one that my my uh, co-founder for FobPass uses in his other businesses. It's the biggest one by far, I believe. Yeah. So the big draw of using project management software like this is that it allows you to collaborate, is that you can have one place where you're like, hey, here's all the crap that needs done, and here's when it needs done by, and here's who all needs to do it with me to make it done. So when you use something like ClickUp, not only can you collaborate with people, but you can also set automatic reminders that are like, hey, once a week, someone needs to clear out our spam inbox, or hey, every day, someone needs to go through my whole inbox and draft potential responses on my behalf for me to personally approve before sending them. Having those reminders and having it automatic and having it, I think, help you stay in a low information diet where ClickUp is like, hey, this stuff isn't due today, so we're not going to show it to him. We're not going to put it on his homepage. This stuff is important and urgent, so he should work on that first. And it's been a transition for me of learning to trust ClickUp. I mean, learning to trust the collaborative process, but it's awesome. It is so much better than anything else we've ever used before. And I think where this, this starts to get really interesting is when you start to automate ClickUp. When ClickUp starts to automatically remind you to do stuff because someone clicked somewhere or you filled out a form or somebody else filled out a form. So I don't have any direct experience with ClickUp. I have a little bit of experience. I evaluated it a couple of years back and, and ultimately decided against it and went with teamwork instead. But if it's anything like teamwork, I know that you can set recurring projects, recurring reminding tasks, like specific tasks. And I honestly, I build out my projects when I have templates and stuff. I build it out like a process. So it's literally like explanatory. There's videos and stuff. So like if I ever pass it off to somebody, it's completely like easily understood. And and here's the here's the thing. Before the end of this year and hopefully by the, before the end of the month of January, I want to have this set up to where I just have one central place to look every day. Right now, I don't have that. And with how much I have going on, if you go back and listen to the episode on the Overwhelm episode we had uh, last week, I just have too much going on now. Like I have, I have multiple businesses and I, even, even with just the Six Figure Creative alone, we have this podcast we do every week. We have guest outreach associated with that at different stages. We have different processes around guest outreach now that have to be done. And I have actually dropped the ball on doing part of those processes, partly because I just forget about it. I have processes around doing a weekly YouTube video. I have stuff with my coach, like with coaching. Pro- I, get, I just have a ton of stuff and new stuff I'm working on. And they're all over the place right now. So like, it is comical to think that I wouldn't be overwhelmed by this because I am, I just am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So my goal is to have this all centralized. And the thing about this is, is with my, with my, I, I take a very small amount of coaching students on uh, for business coaching, specifically around the marketing side of things. And in that, I actually have them all inside of teamwork, which is what I use for, for my coaching. That's where I have a lot of experience with using that for there. And for them, all they have to do is open up teamwork and look at their next task. And that's all they have to do. That's, and that's what I want for myself. I don't have that for myself. I have it every, like have it all over the place. Some of it's in my brain. Some of it's just by habit. Some of it's in one of these, these platforms I'm using. But I have set something up better for my students than I have for myself. And that's, <laughs> that's stupid. So my big initiative for this year is to fix that. ClickUp is one I am planning on assessing at my, my end of year retreat, which by the time this episode's come out, I've already done and I will have already chosen. But I will have YouTube content around whatever I choose and how I'm using it in my businesses so that you can actually see instead of just listening to how this helps businesses. And I think seeing this is one of those things that you really need to do is like physically see this. So before we wrap this up, Chris, I'm going to look at teamwork. I'm going to look at ClickUp. Are there any other tools that I should be looking at and, and analyzing for project management here or 
Well, th- there's another tool called Missive that's not project management software, but integrates directly with project management software and it's email inbox management software. Interesting. What does that do? So if you're running a business by yourself and you're using OSX Mail, stop. Don't. It's the worst. It's absolutely- I've literally never used it. So <laughs> You're so lucky. It's, yeah. the, it's terrible, which breaks my heart because I love, I'm an Apple fanboy. Same. I love everything Apple. Same. But- when you've got one email application that you're using and you start to work with other people, like an assistant or a partner or whatever, like it's pretty complicated because you can't see over the other person's shoulder. You, you can't keep notes. You can't immediately see customer information that's related to the email that you're working on. Missive is great because it also integrates with project management software. So when you're going through your inbox, it can immediately link you to where you want to go in ClickUp or trial or whatever you happen to be using for your project management software. So we really like Missive. We used to be on Help Scout and Help Scout was awesome, but just didn't sync email as well and was a lot more expensive and not, we don't think as useful as Missive. So Missive is definitely worth checking out. Yeah. So I think uh, Missive is good if you have like an assistant to kind of handle your email, which I know so many people struggle with that. But man, when I got rid of that, Dude, templates, honestly, templates and and just like general like ways to approach common problems like FAQ stuff, those two things will get rid of like 80% of your inbox. And so it, the second you get that off your plate is the second you can start focusing on bigger and better things in your business. So that's it for collaboration software. I think that's that's enough to kind of to cap that conversation. What's next on our list, Chris? Okay, Brian, let's talk about speed tools. I have been all over speed tools over the course of the past couple of weeks. Is this a drug conversation? Yes. Okay. You know, it's, yeah. If you've seen the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, it's yes. sort of like that. I make my own. I'm launching a brand of home studio speed. It's like speed, ecstasy, and cocaine. Great. Now we're demonetized on YouTube. Not that I am monetized, <laughs> but whatever. Talk about, what, okay, so speed okay. tools. So let's talk about the actual, what we're talking about here. When there is a thing that you have to do repetitively in your business that requires five clicks, three drags, four keystrokes, and a partridge in a pear tree, it's better if you can build a system that's one click. The new tool that I'm using, and guys, we're not sponsored by them at all, but I am smitten with this company. It's a company called Elgato. They make a device that many of our listeners are to use called the Stream Deck. And the Stream Deck is kind of like a little tiny thing. It's like a little deck of cards or almost like a smartphone looking thing. No, it's a, it's a miniature keyboard. It's like it's a miniature keyboard, but the, the keys have images behind them and you can change those images in the Stream Deck app. So if you're like, hey, I want to have one button that will open up my Zoom room. Boop, you push it and it does it automatically. I want to have one button that mutes all the participants in my Zoom room. Boop. I want to have one button that goes into the recording session that I'm working on or the photo editing session that I'm working on and does this like complicated 10-step thing that's mindless and a pain in the ass. Stream Deck starts to let you do those sort of things. All right, so so just to kind of like sum this up, it's a it's a tool, it's a small mini keyboard where you can set up crazy complex things that are put down to one button press, and you can and you can create you can load up profiles on this, so you can have like here's my profile for Pro Tools. So all my all my button presses and all the icons are set up for Pro Tools. So when I'm doing like drum editing, I can hit one button and do like a bunch of cool stuff. If I have one for Zoom, when I'm on Zoom and I want one button press to do all these different commands in Zoom when I'm on a sales call or whatever, I can do that. If I need to pause the the recording or if I need to mute or unmute them instead of having to fumble around with my, 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 with my mouse. Like what other cool stuff can you do with Keyboard Maestro? Let's talk about the philosophy behind Keyboard Maestro. I think when you first get into being a creative freelancer, 
you learn all these key codes in whatever software you're using. Jutsus, if you're a fan of Nurato, where you're like using your hands and you're twisting them in weird ways to hit like 17 buttons at once so it does a big fancy thing in your software. It's like learning the piano. Like you just learn these crazy methods of like moving your hands around that you don't have to think about. You just automatically do it. Yeah, that's a great way back in 1997 to learn how to run your small business. In 2022, you should program each of those hotkeys on a stream deck and then you have one button and then guess what? It's way faster. You get into flow state way, way more easily and you can share your workflow with your team. It's awesome. So I've been messing around a lot with this, with the Stream Deck and with Keyboard Maestro, which is like an app that goes with it. It's funny, you know, I spent so much time on my own years ago learning how to use AppleScript to automate stuff. You can still use AppleScript to great effect within Keyboard Maestro and Stream Deck, but if you combine these tools, it's a lot simpler to start to build systems for your business than it is to learn to write code from the ground up. And that's, that's a big part of what I've been working on and the background as far as making content for well, speaking of content, you're actually trying to get me onto the Stream Deck train, which is like where I can just press a button and like all my video stuff, my lights come on, my camera's on. It's like focused on me. Like everything is just set up and ready to go so I don't have to touch anything. That's exciting to me because I'll tell anyone here right now, if you plan to do any sort of content marketing in your business in the future, or you plan to do, honestly, if you're planning to do anything that you don't want to necessarily do, that, that sometimes, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, like sometimes we don't want to do this podcast. Honestly, being a business owner, you will always have to do something you don't want to do. That's just the inevitability of it. I still love what I do. It just doesn't mean I don't love what I do all the time. I think everyone can kind of relate to that. Or the tediousness of it. Yeah, sure. There's 17 million steps to do the thing that you love. That's what I'm getting at is with something like Stream Deck and you said Keyboard Maestro goes along with it. It's a separate app, by the way. Keyboard Maestro is a separate product, separate pricing. Um, But with that is it removes friction. As business owners, anytime we can remove friction from a process, we win because it takes the excuses away. It's like, if I want to go to the gym every morning, I have to make it as easy as possible for myself because every little amount of friction is just one more thing that holds me back from getting the outcome that I want, which is chiseled six-pack abs, giant biceps. No, I don't want any of those things, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn them down. But the, the whole point is like, <laughs> if, it's, if you have to like, if there's just so many things you have to do just to get to the gym, you're going to have excuses to let them get in the way. When you are doing creative work for a living, and that might mean that it's freelance creative work or you're making content for yourself or to advertise your business. When you induce friction into that of like, okay, I need to go get my lights out of the closet and okay, I need to focus my camera and okay, I need to blah, 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 blah. All those little tiny individual things that you do make you not want to do it. And by the time you get to the point where you can do it, flow states 10,000 miles away. When you have a system, I like to call these one-click content systems where you walk in and you push a button on your stream deck and voila, everything that needed to happen for you to make your podcast just happened or everything that you needed to do to make a video just happened. And you can just start, you can start being yourself instead of being like, okay, I'm pretty sure I calibrated the microphone inputs for the proper latency. Like as soon as nerd mode comes out for me, I can no longer make content. So I have to make it easy for myself or else I won't do it. Well, think about it. Like we're talking about content, which not everyone's going to understand or, or care about, but like this is, this goes with being creative and being in a good mental headspace. Always like as creatives, we have to be in good mental headspace in order to be the best that we can be and deliver the best art that we can. So a tool like this does help you stay out of that technician's mindset. If you get it set up correctly. Now, let me push back and tell Chris what I tell the audience, what I was telling Chris earlier, Chris tends to overcomplicate 
so many things. What? And so like, I just think you do it. Like we've talked about this. I've never heard of this in my life. Oh, no one's ever said this to me about anything. Shut up. So you like, you do like this overcomplicated thing to do something that could have been accomplished in two steps versus 30. And so what happens is when that task, when that, when that process or automation inevitably fails, now you're going into that, that stupid, like left brain Enneagram five, like technician mindset and out of creative mode. And, and you and you stay there because you, you're trying to troubleshoot this 30 step process. So there, there is some poison with this that I think our audience should be aware of. So they don't go in too deep. I'm not saying that it's not worth doing. I just think it's worth thinking about picking your times to, to work on this stuff. Well, and let me be shameless here. That is exactly what I'm working on as far as my coaching program behind the scenes of trying to help people figure out what are the shortcuts when it comes to systems so that you don't have to build an insane 30 step process using a bunch of code when you could do something much more simple than that. I've made enough mistakes to know the way through the woods. You wanted the most simple way of removing friction from especially what we're doing now. This is completely unrelated to systems, completely unrelated to, to tools at least. There's a reason I wear a damn hat in every YouTube video now and every podcast is because before I would have to do my hair when I did, when I did coaching calls, I have to fix my hair. Like It takes six minutes for me to do my hair the way I do it. I know it because I have the same process I follow every time. But that six minutes is an unnecessary amount of, of friction. Is it seven minutes last year? No, no. Perhaps eight minutes a year before? Or maybe I speed up a little bit. It's six minutes that I don't want to actually do <laughs> ever. Like, I don't like doing my hair. And so if that's something that keeps me from making a piece of content from that, that day, it's I want to illuminate it from my thing. So it's like, you can do what Chris does and just completely just, just bald, just shiny bald head that. Um, or you can just wear a hat. Yeah, you can literally have a... I'm putting on my content creation hat. That's what I do. Which it's Lambertones right now. Yep. Free plug. Free plug. Oh my God. I love that this, this episode is sponsored by Lambertones Pickups, the best pickups in the guitar industry. If you have a guitar and you're tired of your shit tone, go order Lambertones Pickups. Lambertones.com. Especially if you play in a Christian <laughs> worship band and it's want true. the Holy Spirit to come instantaneously once he hears your fantastic tone. He's got, uh, he's actually got a pickup line called the Grinder, which is actually the heavier tone. So it's not just for the CCM artists anymore. But there you go, Curtis. A little plug for you, my dude. I know he listened to this podcast, so he'll, 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 you know what? This is what ha- this is why you give out free merch. By the way, I got this hat for free. You got that shirt for free, and he's getting a free plug. I got some P90s for free from him. I, I have yet to put them in a guitar. I am desperately searching for the appropriate body. He offered me free plugins and I told him they would be a waste because I would never install them. I know. I was like, what the crap, Brian? Just give them to me, man. For those who don't know, Curtis is just a, a longtime listener, a friend of ours. So that's why, we, that's why we plug his stuff. And he's got good, good content and he's just a genuinely good dude. Six figure salute to Curtis Lambertone. All right, let's go on to the next thing. So we talked about speed tools specifically Stream Deck, Keyboard Maestro. We talked about collaboration tools, so centralizing everything so you, your team, your clients can collaborate in one central place. Let's talk about sales tools because <laughs> this is one that we have talked about many times on this podcast. We have an entire episode dedicated to this, but there is a reason we bring this up again and again and again, and I will say this forever. It's because we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. So I'm reminding our listeners right now, this specific tool is necessary for every business owner at any level above five to $10,000 a year. If you're at that level, you should be implementing this into your business. And is it a CRM, a customer relationship management system or tool? Now there's two that we recommend, two that we've used, two that we switch back and forth on, which we'll talk about. Uh, and we're gonna talk about both of these really quick. And we're probably not gonna go too depth, in depth with this because we talked about it so far. Let's just talk about, before we even talk about the, the specific tool, Chris, let's talk about why a CRM is so important. It's because we're not real grownups. Yeah, we're not real grownups. Like, 
you will not remember to follow up with that lead that reached out to you for pricing six months ago and seeing where they're at now. You will not remember to follow up with that person 12 times. I want you to follow up 12 times at least with anyone who's expressed interest in working with you. You can't do that manually through, you can maybe do it through a spreadsheet. You're going to forget. And if you get more than 10 leads in your pipeline, you're going to forget and you're, you're not going to do it. Perfect example. And since we're already talking about brand names, I'm recording this podcast using an, an OC white Altima mic stand, which is the f- most fantastic mic stand money can buy. It's what Joe Rogan uses. And it's only because I followed up with that company 12 times. Was it really 12? I reached out again and again and again, because I've got a section for brand sponsorships in my CRM. And just like every once in a while, I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to send a follow up email to remind so that I'm consistent. And eventually it paid off. Let's talk about this for a second. So our audience, 12 times is the magic number. I think it's a good number to, to strive for when you're doing follow-ups. Yeah. And you can follow up in different ways. You don't just have to say like, hey, I'm following up. Like you can have genuine like value add stuff that you're doing along in that follow-up sequence. That's why it's so good to have a follow-up process and you're not just winging it. It's great to have templates and the templates don't have to be word for word used. They can just be like guides on things to say. It'd be like a picture of your feet, like the fourth email that you send to a brand that you want to work with. Hey, I heard you had a foot fetish. Check these babies out. <laughs> I got real weird, Chris. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to push against you real quick, real quick, Chris. How many, you fought 12 times for that stupid microphone stand that was how much? How much are those? Like 130 bucks? They're like 400 bucks a piece. Oh, okay. That's not bad. How many did you get? Two. Okay, you got two. So you got 800 bucks worth of gear on 12 follow-ups. In your own business, Chris, if you have a lead come in the door who's interested in, in working with you in some way, shape, or form, how many times do you follow up with those leads before you, you stop talking to them? You know, that's tricky. When it comes to do, trying to do a brand endorsement deal, like I'll keep following up again and again and again because it's literally just like checking back in. When it's like business coaching or building systems for people or mastering or whatever it happens to be, I tend to not be as, as aggressive with the follow-up. I still follow up, but it's more difficult to not come off as like I'm trying to use them or something like that. Oh, I love this conversation so much because you are our audience right now. You are literally our audience. And here's the, here's the point I'm getting at is Chris loves gear so much that he'll follow up 12 times for this stupid $400 like, worth of stuff. He'll have thousands of dollars of leads in his pipeline that he won't follow up because he doesn't want to bother them. And this is like the <laughs> biggest mindset issue as creatives that we have. We feel like we're bothering people. But dude, just build out a process where you have a really, a really good system for following up where you're not being pushy. You don't have to be pushy every time you follow up. Like, at the end of the day, I've never had an anger reply to a follow-up to a, to a potential client. I have many times been thanked for following up because I've, I've talked about this in the past before. I'll talk about it again. We have no idea what our clients are going through or our potential clients are going through. There's so many distractions in life. There's so many things pulling at their attention. And the reason they contacted us in the first place is because they have an end goal in mind. But the reason we follow up as freelancers, as creatives, is because we want our client to reach that end goal. Us showing up in their inbox time and time again over 60, 80, 90, 100 days for 12 plus follow-up emails is simply us trying to help them get to their end goal. And that's why I've only been thanked for following up that many times. I've never been abused. I've never had like an, an FU email from anybody for that. So think about that, Chris. I see your pondering face on right now. So one of the things that I've been learning, um, and I'm, I, this is silly, like I shouldn't be processing this real time on a podcast because this is like brand stuff for me. But what I've been learning as I've been helping people build systems for their businesses is that the systems really aren't the thing. Overwhelm is the thing. They get overwhelmed in their business and they want automation and systems to help them not have that happen so often, like we talked about last week. So I think in regards to me being more comfortable with more follow-up, with being more consistent, with being more aggressive, that's a lot easier if I'm thinking about the outcome 
that I'm trying to help deliver people, which is that you're not overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah, but it's not just you with like the systems building stuff. This is like anyone listening right now. Our potential clients came to us for a specific outcome in mind, whether that is a new album production, whether that is a, uh, a new music video, whether that is pictures of their feet, pictures of their feet as a photo- you're a foot <laughs> photographer. If that's your niche, I'm not going to judge you, but there's an outcome in mind that they had. They wanted They wanted black and white photos of their feet to share to their, to their circle of friends who love feet. This is really a weird thing that we're talking I, I feel about. like you're being judgmental. I don't think you should be judgmental for someone whose photography niches feet until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going with this? What was the last thing you towed me about? (laughs) God, we're never getting out of this. This is going to be the worst episode of all time. Okay. I know. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far. And that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. When we have our, our clients' best interest in mind at the end of the day, does it mean we can't also make money off of that? Like as a, as a service provider, we're providing a service or an outcome to somebody. We will make money off of that if we can help them out with that outcome. But also if we help our clients get out of their own damn way because they let life get in the way of that outcome, if we help them get out of the way by following up, by being there, by being consistently following up with them and helping them to reach their goals, then we win even more at the end of the day because we make more because we've helped clients. We've helped more clients. That's basically it. That's what I'm getting trying to say is if we help more clients, we make more money. And this is just one of the ways we can help our clients out more. That's basically it. Yeah. And I think what I'm trying to say here is in my own business, it's very difficult to follow up 
if you're thinking about what you actually do for the customer, if you're like, hey, would you like some help building systems? That's more intimidating than thinking about the actual outcome, the life-changing result of, hey, are you overwhelmed? Let me automate some stuff with you so that you won't be. That's, it's so much easier to get that impetus to follow up. But that's, this is use casing. For, this is for you specifically, Chris. I'm talking about our audience. I'm talking about what they have to think. I'm trying to get to the point where, where the content point is, so what is the actual life-changing outcome that you have for your clients that you are following up with them about? The mission that they are on, they want to have beautiful feet. And you're <laughs> oh following God. up with them and asking, you know, man, how, how's that bunion? <laughs> Oh coming along. All right, let me let me let me rein you in with your stupid foot fetish. Chris Chris has just come out on the podcast as being the biggest foot fetish man. So everyone, I'm not a foot fetish. No, completely the opposite. Here's my call to action for our listeners: send feet photos to his Instagram inbox. <laughs> Fuck you, Brian. No way. No way. Everyone on Instagram right now, send foot photos to Chris Graham. Only if you are nope. Uh, we're done. Wearing socks. Nope. Sockless only. I only want nude feet. All right. So. <laughs> we're never going to salvage this episode. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, let's talk about tools related to CRM because we actually haven't talked about the tools. There's two that we recommend. One is pipe drive. One is close. I have used both. Chris, have you used both? I have. And the funny thing about this situation is that you are in the process of switching to close. I've already and- moved. I've already switched to close. Okay. I'm pretty seriously considering going to pipe drive. <laughs> and th- this, we say all this to say one thing really quick. Both are great. Both serve their purposes. Both have different serves slightly different needs. But at the end of the day, anyone listening to this podcast can make either one of those CRMs work. So just study them, figure out which one you think is worthwhile, and then join through one of our affiliate links. I will give you my affiliate link for Pipedrive, which is the one I just moved away from. Chris will give you his affiliate link for Close, which is the one he just moved away from. But just know that we are both fans of both of these. Just to really quick talk about, I, I switched to Close because they have something called Smart Views. So go look up what that feature does if you are considering that one. And Chris, why are you moving to Pipedrive so I can, you can tell them what to look for in that one? Well, what I am learning, and it's a little bit the opposite of what you're going through right now, um, is that I am running like five businesses out of one CRM. And as I am trying to focus more on coaching and activism, I, I just need to start from scratch. <laughs> I just need a clean break from the like 45,000 leads that we've got. And you've, you've got a lot of legacy issues. So that's, that's yes. one of the negatives of when you start. Yeah, sometimes it's just easier to start fresh from scratch than it is to try to salvage an old system. Also, a lot of it too is, is I'm working with people on their businesses and this conversation about clothes versus pipe drive. It makes sense for me to spend some time with, with pipe drive as well. So that's been in a lot of the impetus as well. My affiliate link is if you join this, you get an extra, like you get double the trial length. So there's a benefit for you. We get a small commission for that, which just helps support the podcast if you join, but it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's pipedrive.studio. That's the, C- the uh, affiliate link for me for Pipedrive. Chris, what's your affiliate link for close? It is chrisgramcoaching.com slash close. Wow, way, mine is way better and easier to find. So you should just use mine. It's true. But if you sign up using my affiliate link, you'll get a picture of Brian's feet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's talk about one more. This episode's gone long as hell, so we're going we're gonna to cut a couple things out. Okay, but we're definitely doing, I'm, I'm doing good video next, bro. Okay, so this is, this is Chris's, we'll give him this one. So we're talking about tools to help your business in 2022. Chris wants so bad to talk about tools for good uh-huh. video. And before you turn this episode off or whatever, there's actually a really good angle to this. And I'm going to fight Chris on a lot of these things. So just prepared for a fun episode of me just, just pooping on Chris. But 
there is some validation that I'm going to also toss this way. Chris, give us the reason why investing in good tools for video is important. And then we'll actually get into the specifics of the tool suggestions that we have. Absolutely. In 1985, the most important thing you could own for your business was a suit. It was like good shoes, a suit, a briefcase. You needed to look sharp because it was the first impression that you made. In 2022, the first impression that you make is probably your Zoom video call. Your Zoom video quality is an enormous indicator about who you are and what you're all about. If you've got a dark room and your your webcam is on your laptop and it's going up your nose, that's not a good look, guys. I have a freelancer that I work with and our video calls are exactly that. Fortunately, he's really good at what he does, so I don't necessarily care, but it does not help that his laptop's on the, on the desk staring up his nostrils with like a bad grainy lighting scenario. So let's talk about, because so I understand this, like in 2020, everything was done through Zoom. We're over it, but that doesn't mean it's really changing much in the future because I think so many, some of the things are just moving online. But one of the big things that I've been pushing for people to do is do um, discovery calls on the phone or on Zoom. Zoom is even better. And if you're doing, if you're doing client calls, you know, before they've ever hired you, or even as they're working with you, you want to appear as professional, as collected, as, as high value as possible. And to do that on a low resolution, grainy laptop camera with a terrible microphone and bad lighting, you can't have that. And then go to try to charge somebody five grand for a service. Like to me, it just, it goes hand in hand with high value. Perfect example of that is last year, my family went to an Italian restaurant here in town called Buca di Beppo. It used to be an amazing restaurant. But when we went to Buca di Beppo, there's like dirt all over the paint and like where people had repeatedly touched the same part of the wall, there's like a big dirt stain. I mean, we're we're talking chunked on stuff. When you walk into a restaurant and you see that lack of care, it makes you wonder, or it should make you wonder what the care is like in the kitchen. Is it like, oh, the the dining room is filthy and the kitchen is, is spick and span? I doubt it. So when you are in business, when you have a brand, you're trying to present, a con- I'm consistently excellent. That's what you're trying to communicate. So there's a quote that I love about that. And it says, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Pairing it up with just like how you brush your teeth is how you run your business. People who like zoom through it really quickly to get it over with are the same people that cut corners in their business. It's like people who actually take time and brush their teeth the correct way and they do quadrants in their mouth. They're very like systemized approach to brushing teeth, which I do. They're, they run their business the same way. That's not a universal truth, but there is some truth to that statement of it, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And I just love thinking through like, even when someone's not looking at what I'm doing, be excellent at it because that, it, that carries over into just what is our own view on how we do things as a person in anything. Gotcha. Yeah, I totally agree. And a video call where you are trying to create a human relationship over the internet using video and you're using the crappy MacBook Pro stock 720p piece of crap camera. The old MacBook Pro. The new ones are awesome, by the way. I have the new MacBook. The microphone and the camera are both incredibly good for what they are. Just stack that, stack that puppy up so it's eye level. Well, let's talk about some tools that can help you put your best foot forward uh, when you're doing video calls, whether that's for sales or for collaboration or whatever it happens to be. The first thing that I would recommend, and this is a company that I've worked with. They've given me some free stuff in the past. Full disclosure, fellas. But I bought this and it is the Amarand 100X. And it's just a really, really cheap, but fantastic video light. And on top of that, I have a softbox. It's the softbox SE. 
And it's just, it's huge. And when you see this online, you're not going to want to buy it. But if you put it in your studio and you turn the light on, or you look at the video that you can see right now, I look prettyish, <laughs> prettier than I typically would because this light makes every camera a thousand times better. I have different lights than you. My set wasn't cheap, but it's also a three light set that's got like colored LEDs and all this other crap going on because I just wanted a little more vibey look to my space. But it looks a lot different than yours. Part of it's the camera, but whatever. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. Like the lighting is in most cases more important than the camera is assuming the resolution is there at least. Like you're not going to do a whole lot with a 720 camera, but with 1080p and good lighting, you can make just about anything work. But, you know, don't go overboard here. Like there's plenty of cheaper options. Like how much did you spend on your light? 300 bucks. Oh, that's more than I'd say for most. For like Zoom calls and stuff. Honestly, if you're in front of a good well-lit window, it's good enough. But I also think there's something that goes along with this that we didn't talk about. And that is actually putting time, effort, and energy into what's behind you too. Because that's like 90% of, of the screen is not actually you. It's what's behind you. So like if you're against a blank wall, you're going to come across as boring. If you're against a hot mess behind you, you're going to come across as unorganized. Yikes, dude. So let's talk about that. So figuring out the background, I think is an, an incredibly important thing. And there's a, I don't even know what the brand name is on this, but I recently bought a self-leveling laser level on Amazon. You put this thing on like a tripod and it projects a perfectly level X on your wall. So when you're hanging stuff, it, it took me like 10 minutes to do a really, really complicated install of this crazy bookshelf. Which is behind you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this shelf behind him. It's, it looks perfectly level from here. Yeah. So one of those works really well. But back on this conversation of the actual video gear that we've got here, you definitely want to have good lighting. You definitely want to have a good background. And if you want to go crazy, if you want to go big, there are many good cameras that you could get. There's Sony, then the A6500, 6600. Those are great. The Sony ZV-1, those are great. Personally, I have a Sigma FP. Boom. I'm obsessed with it. They sent it to me. How much are those, Chris? They're like 1800 bucks. Okay. Let me talk to our audience real talk here. Before anyone goes out and buys, was it $1,800 camera, Chris? Before they buy an $1,800 camera, I have to do a little pushback here because anyone that goes out and buys an $1,800 camera, there's only two reasons for that. One is you're a photographer, videographer, and you already have it, or you just want another one for this. Or two, you, must, you better be closing some really high dollar clients because there's not, a real, there's not a really good ROI on an $1,800 camera for Zoom meetings, in my opinion. When when you're talking about the 80 20 principle, this to me, it's like, it's like 96, four to me, it's like 96% of the results from 4% of the cost. What is 4% of 1800? And just see how close I am. It is $72, which is actually about the price of one of the decent 1080p Logitech cameras. I have one. The only requirement that I have is it has some sort of manual setting controls. The Logitechs do most don't. And uh, you can actually, there's actually another app called camo for iPhone, where you can actually just set up your iPhone as a, as a webcam and does a pretty good job. There's some drawbacks to that. What I talked about friction earlier, where you have to set up your phone every time you get on a call, not ideal if you do a lot of calls, but at the end of the day, like for under hundred bucks, you can get 95% of the way there. I mean, not 95%, maybe 85% of the way there. It's better than most. Like when we talk about that really low grainy quality where the camera's like faced up your nose for under hundred bucks, you can get a camera that is positioned right at eye level or just above that is picking up the light right with the good lighting that you purchased. And you can get a really good result just off of that. And I just want to say, like, I've done hundreds of Zoom calls. I've done a lot in sales. I have done videos and courses with that stupid little Logitech camera. I have a nicer one now, but that was the, that's all I had up until like this year. So 
It's not that important. I think that the most important part when you're picking out gear to present yourself better in 2022 is that you pick out gear that makes your job easier. If it makes you look better, if it makes the the work higher quality, yes, of course, absolutely, that's appealing. But if it's something that you have to fiddle with endlessly, it's not worth it because it sucks up a bunch of time. So you mean like every time we get on a call and I have to remind you to turn your autofocus off so you're not out of focus? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I guess what, what I'm trying to say is I, I come from a photography background. I love photography and it's been a big part of my life on and off for a long time. And when I'm sitting down to figure out a Zoom call or to figure out making content for the business, the color is always, to, I'm always messing with lighting and color. And what I have found with this is I'm not saying it's the best or it's the only option or everything else stinks. That's not what I'm saying at all. But with the Amaran 100X, with the Softbox uh, SE, I never have to worry about lighting. With the Sigma FP, so long as I'm in manual focus mode, which, which I, I should be, I often forget about it. Manual focus, I, I think, makes the most sense because it's not as distracting as autofocus. Just set it to where... Anyone who saw one of our like past episodes where Chris was like, before you got the lighting, before you turn off autofocus, it was just like low light, hot mess of just out of focus. If you follow us on TikTok, which you should, there's, there's some clips of that on there where you're really out of focus. If you'd like to see lower quality video of me, please go to TikTok right now. Yes, it's a good pitch. Anyways, yeah, so I love the Sigma FP. It's got detachable lenses and it is the world's fanciest webcam because you don't need any drivers. You just plug it into your computer and it turns on as a webcam. Also, they gave it to me for free. I'm obligated to say that. <laughs> if, if, if everyone in our audience got a free $1,800 camera, I would say, yes, plug it in and use it as a webcam. That's fine. But for everyone else out there, like just get what works and, and move on. Like I have done hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars with a webcam of lower quality. So I'm just going to say like, you can get a lot done with a little is all I'm yep. trying to say here. Chris always airs on the side of extremes when it comes to gear. And I always, actually you're on the extreme pro gear side. I'm actually on the extreme anti-gear side. And honestly, the, the compromise is somewhere probably in the middle. Like there, I should probably care a little bit more about gear. Like I do have a YouTube channel and I could probably up the production value and it would probably get me a few more subscribers and people to take me more seriously. Well, and I have been trying to talk you into these lights. Like I really think for 300 bucks to just look freaking amazing. But my thing is I've, I've set a goal for myself. I have a certain amount of things that I'm going to do with what I have before I allow myself to get too swept up into the gear. And I think that's a good healthy approach to it, which is like, do what you have with what you do what you can with what you have. And then when you feel like you are truly limited by the gear that you have, then it's time to upgrade, which is honestly, it's another episode and conversation in and of itself. And it's one of those things that we need to be reminded of constantly because it's easy to get swept into the gear and tool conversation. But hopefully this episode gave you some good takeaways on things that you can implement into your business in 2022 and beyond. And anything else to, to wrap this episode up, Chris? Yeah. You know, I think just to, as a whole, when you look at 2022, and you think about what tools that you want to start using in 2022, it is really easy to get caught up in I want the tools that can do the most rather than I want the tools that will make my job easier so that I will be smarter so that, and more creative. I think that that is the way that you should approach new tools and this constant drive to I want to get an, another new tool so I can do more because maybe that will push me over the edge and I'll suddenly be a real, a real man or whatever. I think thinking about, well, what can I buy that will make my job easy so that I can repeat that quality again and again? I think that's where you really need to think about it. So whether that's CRM tools or meeting tools or collaboration tools or video tools or automation tools, just get stuff that makes your life easy. 
That's the point. Not that it gives you like ridiculous superpowers, but can also explode your entire business, but figuring out a way to do more with less. And sometimes you need to invest in that. Lights are one of these things that, yeah, you should definitely get lights. Yeah, you should get an Elgato Stream Deck. Chris Graham 100% recommends that you should go out and buy an Elgato Stream Deck and learn how to start programming one button to do multiple things in your business. The theme that all these tools have is that they all require some sort of upfront investment. And my advice to you is don't get any of these to just dabble. Research ahead of time, decide that this is something, this is one of the tools that you are going to go all in on, and then give yourself the actual time that you need to set it up the right way so that you get value from it for the rest of the year and you don't have to really think about the setup because nothing is worse than getting a tool like the Stream Deck or setting up a tool like ClickUp and halfway doing it and then just falling off and never using it after you've paid for it. That doesn't help anybody. So make sure you have the time to invest on the front end so that you can get those long-term back-end results on any of these things that we talked about today. You know, hilariously, by the time this episode rolls out, I'll have this link live in the, in the show notes below. But if you guys want to see how our new podcast system works with the Stream Deck, click in the link below. And that, that way you can see my video quality, the lights, uh, and how we're using Stream Deck so that when I show up to podcast with Brian, I hit one button and everything automatically gets set up the way that we want it to so that we can focus on making you guys good podcast episodes and not on nerd stuff. Nerd stuff.